Everybody, my name is Tim Daniel, and welcome to this week's edition of 48 Minutes Basketball Network podcast, where we talk all things NBA, college, and whatever else is going on in the world. We're here for you. Uh, here, as always, joined by Sean Mackey, Ben Brown, and Ben, if you could please introduce our other hosts, to be very appreciated. My man, my brother, my ace buku, my number one, Joshua Odellis, Pharrellis, Montellus, Overzealous, Hayes, what's good, my brother? I don't know, man. I'm starting to get a uh, little goosebumps, man. I get my own introduction, so oh, you already know. <laughs> you know, how, you know yeah. how it goes. You know how we get down. Must Nothing be else. the funny that's driving me wild. Let's get to it. Uh, yeah. Well, before we get started into topics today, um, if you're seeing Sean and I both repping. Some 48 Minutes Network branding here today. So please, if you want to support us and be a friend, 48MinutesBasketballNetwork.MerchMake.com. You can get this cool hoodie. You can get that cool crew neck sweatshirt like Sean's wearing. Uh, and if you do get some, send a picture. It'd be cool. We'd love to see it. So uh, really excited about that. A fun show today. A great full court heave for our third of these. If you've been tuning in the last couple of weeks that Ben came up with. Cannot wait to share with you guys. Uh, but let's go ahead and get started with our... Uh, Let's give some love to the roll guys, right? This is our bench gods this week. I know Sean put his together. A few. Did you get you? Did you get one? Are you good? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Fantastic. I'm excited. So, let's um, go. Ben, you had my favorite name on the list so far this week. So we're oh, gonna go with you oh, first. Okay. Who, 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 okay. who did you pick? I know who you picked, but tell the audience who you picked. Um, guys, I went with uh, the Kings are 13 and 11 right now. And one of their key contributors off the bench is a guy from the University of Kentucky. Not that that matters. Malik Monk. Malik Monk Sorry. right now is, is uh, in his last 10 games, he's shooting 55% from the field, 37% from three, and 84 from the line. And he's averaging 18.2, 18.2 in the last uh, 10 games. As, as far as his advanced stats, he is having the best advanced stats year he's had. Uh, he's at 26.4 uh, per 48 minutes points a game. Uh, and he is at a PER of 19.73, which is also his best clip of his young career. Malik Monk has had a lot to do with the Kings' fast start, um, and he has done an excellent, excellent job of scoring the basketball off the bench for them and, and running that second unit. So my bench – God is Malik Monk. It's I absolutely love it. Love it. Big Malik Monk guy. As yeah. you guys know, come draft day, I bought stock on Monk Island, wanted the Bulls to draft him, still want the Bulls to have him. Uh, I would mm -hmm. much rather have him over Kobe White, um, and that pains me to say. But I did send a Kobe White card in a PSA the other day, so hopefully that comes back at least with a nice grade so I can have something out of it. But mm -hmm. all that aside, I've had so much fun watching Monk and Fox back together. That yeah. was like the last yep. Kentucky team I truly loved to watch. Yeah. They were so fun together. Uh, those two and like Isaac Humphreys. You remember them? They were pretty good yep. together. I forgot yeah. about Humphreys, man. Yeah. Uh, he played in the NBA for a hot minute. Yeah, yes, he, did. he did. Yeah. So I, I thought he was great on the Lakers last year. I knew they wouldn't be able to afford him to have to the gear he had. So I'm really happy he's on a team that's fighting for a playoff spot and he's contributing. So I love the Bleak Monk pick. Yeah, absolutely, man. He's. He's playing really well. Um, probably a guy that the Lakers wish they could have held on to, um, but now having success with the Kings uh, in a in a great role. He's he's I think he's averaging like twenty eight minutes a game, doing a great job coming off the bench for them uh, and giving them uh, uh, consistent offense. 
you mentioned someone the Lakers wish they could keep. How do you think the Hornets feel watching him do this? They were like waiting for years for yeah. him to like. Yes, they were. Man. You know, and then finally like, they were. all right, we're going to give up on that guy. And now it's like, they're like, well, we got ball into Rozier. And after that, our guards take a big, steep Dennis Smith Jr. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I like it. All right, Joshua. You got a really fun name as well. So what do you got going for us tonight? Yeah, who's, so, your, who's your guy? So I picked um, Jose Alvarado. Um, probably not what he's most known for is hiding in the corner and stealing balls from people from behind. Um, I know they made a big deal up when he got Chris Paul, but um, I've been watching the Pelicans a lot lately. I don't think people realize their last 11 games, they're nine and two. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. the last five games, he's averaging about 16 points a game. Um, he does a lot of the little stuff that doesn't get put on the um, he's pest. Like he's a little pest on defense. Um, he's averaging almost two steals a game over the last five um, shot really well from the floor. And then last night um, he kind of had this like random offensive explosion where he went for 38 points and hit eight of 11, three pointers. Um and the game before that, he had 15. Uh, I don't know. He's just kind of fun to watch. He's an energy guy. Um, I think he fits the Pelicans well with what they're doing. I think we've all said that when the Pelicans are healthy and they got Zion and they got Brandon Ingram and they have McCollum on the floor, um, they're going to be a really fun team to watch. And uh, I think he kind of fits that fun piece of them on the floor. And um, so far, he's done a lot of good. Um, like I said, from the defensive side and just all the little intangibles that he that he pulls on the floor that a lot of people don't see. So that's why I rolled with him this week. Zion last night in his press conference called him their X factor. If that tells you everything you know about what Jose Alvarado means to the Pelicans. Yeah. That's crazy, I, man. I I'm well, a my man just over he's over there sitting on the bench with the with the fans out this way, and then all of a sudden he runs up and steals the ball. I mean <laughs> he's like all of six foot one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, what the program lists him at, but he's six one. Let's uh, like I think be honest here. At, I think Actually, I think he's six. six he's foot. six. He's six foot tall. He might oh. be shorter. He might be shorter. Usually, <laughs> when they say they're six feet tall, they that's, really aren't. That's, that's yeah. five ten and three quarters in that's the NBA. Five ten and three quarters. Yeah. And, yeah, that, and just, that's a that's a size thirteen sneaker to get you a few inches. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and and Josh, you stole my you stole my bench god band. So that's that's who I was going to pick as well. So. <laughs> I'm all in on Alvarado at this point. Also got himself a nice my team card today. Did you get nice. him? No, no, I haven't. I haven't had, I just got home a little while ago. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I didn't get him either. Um, all right. Well, I also had a fun a guy. I've been having a lot of fun watching as you we've been talking about for weeks. The Lakers are thriving right now and playing really well uh, behind what Anthony Davis and LeBron are doing. But joining Ru- joining Russell Westbrook off the bench to keep this thing going when those guys get a little rest. Is my man Hillbilly Kobe Austin Reeves? Oh, what? <laughs> Hold on. What you just call him? Go to, go to his basketballreference.com. He has one nickname listed. It is Hillbilly Ooh. Kobe. The Hillbilly, Hillbilly Kobe. Kobe. Yep. That's got. That's gonna stick. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Hillbilly Kobe. <laughs> That's awesome. I got, I got, I got to ask why you picked him. Like the last two games, he hasn't really done much. <laughs> because coming off the bench right now, he is pretty you're, close to a 50, 40, 90 season. He's like, you're, yeah. you're like, you're like, he's all they have. <laughs> but he's not though. Like really, like he's kind of like he's playing the minutes Lonnie Walker's not playing, and he's been really good. Yeah. Um, I know he hasn't he, done much the last couple of games, but he hasn't had to. Anthony Davis had 55 and 40 the last two yeah, games. So I mean, I mean, yeah. last Wednesday he threw down 22 points, five rebounds, and three assists on a win over Portland, and they they pounced them really bad. And then uh they had a five-point win over San Antonio last Saturday where he had 16. So yeah, he's he's putting in the numbers. Any production that they can get from anyone besides LeBron, besides Anthony Davis, is a huge plus for them. Period. So, well, if AD is going to go for fifty-five and seventeen, they don't need any other. Production. Yeah, that's right. Well, well, who <laughs> that's else true. do you need? Yeah, that's true. But yeah, he's been a lot of fun. And you mentioned that Portland game, so he was mic'd up that game on the uh, Lakers broadcast. 
And this is one of the reasons that maybe like I, I knew he played pretty well. I knew he was a pretty decent role player. I knew he would like improve vastly from year one to year two. But he had a dunk in that game. And of course, you know, scrappy white dude. So everyone's like, oh, wow, crazy. And yeah. Juan, Juan Toscano goes up to him and is like, I didn't know you could do that. And you hear him on the microphone go, oh, yeah, I got bounce. I got bounce. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tim, to, to revert back to you, over his last 10 games, he's actually shooting 60-40-90. Yeah, man. Great. From the field. Yeah. yeah. Averaging 13 a game. All right, I'm going to say this to Ronnie2K before we move on real quick, though. Get my man a face scan in 2K. Like, he's he's been in the league for two years now. He plays on a really prevalent franchise. Like, you can't give that. him you, you can't give him the generic face anymore. Like, he, he has graduated from generic face. You know, it's funny to me when a, a, a video game like that doesn't put the time even into a minor player. There was a game, I want to say, like, in 2008, and it was just called NBA. And it yep. was for PlayStation, and it was absolutely terrible. And I loaded up. It's Mr. Joakim Noah's rookie year. I loaded up, and he is a white guy with a crew cut. <laughs> and I was just like, come on. Like, I, I literally just took the disc out at that point. I was like, no, no. that You didn't give any respect to my guy at all. No. You did my guy all wrong. You spoke to him with the wrong I tone. Mean, a crew cut. They gave Joakim Noah a crew cut. Oh, well, I mean, the first time Tom Brady was in a video game, he was QB number 11. Ooh. Well, he had a 58 know. overall rating. Got to start low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Didn't even have his name in the game, even though he was the quarterback at Michigan. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. All right. Well, we got to the bench gods here. Let's go ahead and get through our, some topics. Um, the Clippers are a really interesting thing to be uh, story to me right now. Uh, obviously, we're only 24 games in. They're 13-11. They're seventh in the West. We knew kind of going into the season they'd be really good defensively, and they have been. They're fifth in defensive efficiency. They're 28th in offensive efficiency. The Lakers are like past them in offense, wow. which is unbelievable. Um, Kawhi Leonard has missed 19 of the 24 games. Paul George has already missed eight games. Luke Kennard's missed 10 games. John Wall's only missed six, and he's played pretty well, actually, as the as the uh, backup point guard to Reggie Jackson. Um, and then Paul George is now – and Norman Powell's out again tonight. I think he's only missed a handful of games, but he hasn't been playing on the court for a little bit. We have talked – and, you know, we talked ad nauseum about the Clippers, right? Every NBA show has. And, like, I think a lot of people were like, yeah, this team can win the West. And there are a lot of mm -hmm. people like me who said, like, look, I need to know those guys are going to play for me to say yeah. they're going to win the West. And, you know, right now they're the number one seed in the play in. They're right behind the Warriors um, for that last playoff spot. But I have a lot of worries that, like, these injuries are going to hold them back. And so I kind of wanted to get your guys in the conversation here, get your thoughts on what you're seeing from the Clippers. Where's your concern level with all these injuries they're battling? And do you think that, this is something they can overcome potentially because they do have a lot of really good role players. Um, I worry, man. And we talked about Kawhi earlier. I worry. Um, yeah, I, and I just, I just don't know if you can sit out half a season and just turn it on. Cause right. even when he turns it on, like you're still like, you're still like, you're not full strength. Like you're not, you're not yourself. You're not Kawhi from Toronto. You're not Kawhi from the Spurs. Like, like, I don't know if you can just turn that on. Um, you know, I, I think that they, they went all in on the Kawhi and Paul George being together. Those guys really don't have any true chemistry with one another. They're never on the floor together. So, no matter how many role players you have, and, and you can take the Lakers for an example, no matter how many role players you have, if your studs ain't healthy and playing, it don't matter. Yeah. You know, like when Anthony Davis is hurting, LeBron James can still play, but if you're you're counting on Anthony Davis to be your star and he's not playing, then it don't matter. And that's where the Clippers are right now. Like, they've got some really good role players. John Wall's yeah. playing well. I love Zubac. I love all those guys. Yeah. But if your star that you count on and you said this is what we're building our team around 
and he ain't playing or only plays 35 games in a season, and the other star that you're supposed to be relying on only plays 45 or 50 games in the season. Like, how can you build any chemistry or 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 have your team be as healthy as they need to be going into the playoffs when everybody else is having to log their minutes? Because when they don't play, somebody's got to get those minutes. So everybody else is logging those minutes, and, and you know, it's not going to be good. The, the other guys, your key guys, aren't playing, but your your other contributors are logging big time minutes because your stars aren't playing. So it, it's 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 not a very good combination. Uh, and like I said, you saw that with the Lakers last year, you know, and, and beginning of this year when their stars go down, and you're trying to you're trying to put piece things together and put things together with role players. Man, it just don't go that way. The NBA is too good. The teams are too good, and, and the stars are stars for a reason. So I, I, you know, I think they're, you know, I, I just, I, I mean, I think they'll make the playoffs, but man, it, it it'll be a struggle. I just don't think those guys will be able to stay healthy consistently. So right I, now, so right now, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Norman Powell are all listed day to day. Um, <laughs> I do think Kawhi Leonard is on the track to be back soon. You know, he's been practicing with the team. He's been doing some five-on-one work and some scrimmaging and stuff. So I'm with you, Ben. I'm still not up on Kawhi. Um, at the end of this year. And so the start of next year, if he is not on the court when the season starts, then I'm, I'm out on him, but I'm not out on him yet until next year. Paul George always seems like he has these nicks and bruises that, and these like maintenance things that keeps him out from time right. to time. So he'll be, he'll be good by the end of the season. I'm not worried about him. Luke Kennard is actually the one that's out and has been out for a while. Um, and I'm not really sure how hurt he is. Um, says it's a calf injury. Um, he's been out since the 15th of November. So, I mean, we're going on a mm-hmm. month here soon that he's not played. And then Norman Powell is a growing that's listed day to day. So he'll probably be um, back fairly soon. But to what you said, if you look at their roster and you just go down the list and you just look at the names on the roster, you know, Luke Kennard, Robert Covington, Paul George, John Wall, Marcus Morris, Norman Powell, Nicholas Batum, Terrence Mann, Zubak, Reggie Jackson. Um, they got some other guys that, that they could probably start. Get Diabate. Um, sure. You know, we saw some flashes last year from Brandon Boston Jr. Um, when he was getting minutes. Uh, Moses Brown. I mean, I feel like they still got guys that can help fill some plugs in. Um, and I feel like all they need to do is stay at 500 until they can get their guys back. If they can stay at 500 – and get their guys back. Cause you guys know at any given time, um, Reggie Jackson can step up and put the ball in the bucket. Um, Marcus Morris can step up and put the ball in the bucket. We had, we saw Terrence Mann have a 30 point playoff game last year. Yeah. Um, yep. So it's there. Robert Covington can get hot and shoot the lights out sometimes. He's so not in the rotation right now though. He, he is not, um, but, but it's there. And we know that with the Clippers are the one team that they generally shoot fairly well from three. So, like, they're always in games. They keep games close. Um, I just think they need to stay at 500 or so. They can stay around that number. By the time they get everybody back. And I still think they're a good team without Kawhi. Without Kawhi, yes. Yeah, I, I feel like this team is completely just banking on two guys who may or may not play together they're hoping that they're going to click at the exact right time and the stars are going to align uh for this i mean that's all the clippers have right now is is the stars aligning at the right time towards the end of the play you know towards the end of the season getting into the playoffs if you have a a healthy Kawhi, if you have a healthy paul george you definitely have a chance and like you guys are saying the role players here this is a deep ass team like this is not like a team that's you know not built to do anything. This isn't the Lakers where, you know, Hillbilly Kobe is going to have to step up. So that kills me. Norman, Norman, my man, Hillbilly Kobe. (laughs) Oh, I'm not, I'm not, but you know, you look at this team and I mean, it's like they've hoarded all of these good role players. I mean, Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, John wall, even in, you know, so 
Terrence Mann. So, and Zubats, who's having a great season, he's averaging mm-hmm. a double-double right now. And, uh, you know, you look at these, and a lot of teams would kill to have these guys right now. But they are, sure. they're, stay, they're staying the course right now, and they are just hoping to God that these guys can all just come on and and make it to the playoffs. It's If you make it to the playoffs with those two guys, you got a chance, especially if you have a healthy Kawhi. If you have a healthy Kawhi and a somewhat healthy Paul George, you're going to be in great shape. So, but you, but they're really, really banking on it. And, and if we end this season, if this season ends and they are, you know, you know, they're out in the, you know, conference semis or they're out in the first round or anything, where does this team go from here? You know? So it's like, they're completely banking on those guys coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if I'm a, and if I'm a team right now, I'm, I'm not trading for either of those guys right now. I agree. Just going to go ahead and say it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm especially out on Kawhi. His, he's the only person I can say this about in the NBA, but his injuries, they're just shady. We never really know what's going on. It's like, everything's so nonchalant about it. It's like, well, he's out again, you know? And it's like, (laughs) what's going on with Kawhi? Like, what is going sc- on? You think he's scamming the system so he can only play 35 games in the hey, NBA season? And if that, and if you, think that's it, you think he's really he's hurt? They're just like, they're like, you know what? He's just scamming the system. You know, he's really healthy. He's getting some practices in, and he's figured out a way to play 40 of the 82 games in a season, come in for the playoffs and try to he run gets, a shop. He gets, he gets paid regardless. So maybe, right. you know what I mean? Maybe. He could. He's still making his forty-two million a year. Yeah, good for him. Did you uh? Did you guys see? So I guess I think it was uh, all the smoke. Phil Handy was on there uh, recently, and they were talking yeah. about the year he was in Toronto with Kawhi, and he's like, he's just a weird guy. Like we've all heard the stories. He's like, he's just like a different cat. He's one of those like he doesn't talk much when he talks. Everyone listens. Uh, he's like, so we're down two zero to Milwaukee. And Nick Nurse says, uh, all right, guys, so tomorrow we're all going to come in early and we're going to go over adjustments. And Kawhi just goes, uh, the adjustment is I'm guarding Giannis and just leaves. That's literally all he said, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you roll with that, though, right? As a coach, you just Absolutely. roll with that. Like, yeah, he's guarding yeah. Giannis. Nick Nurse like is it. like, adjustment's good. Here we go. <laughs> It's just like uh, the 2020 finals, game five, Jimmy Butler has that insane game to like extend the series against the Oh, Lakers. man. And then, yeah. And then LeBron goes, I got Butler. And we yeah. saw what happened in game six. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah, absolutely, Josh. You do roll with it. Uh, let's go real quick to it. Really, this team, to me, is the most interesting circumstance in the NBA right now. Uh, that's the Dallas Mavericks. So, the Mavericks are 11-11. They're currently in the play-in. They are playing here in about 10 minutes. They're going to tip off for tonight, so before we record. Um, ninth in offense, eighth in defense, eighth in net rating. Luka Doncic is the second most efficient player currently in the NBA, which is a really interesting uh, dynamic as well. But I told you guys as we were as well as putting this together, and I was looking at things. So they have, t- they have 11 losses. Ten of them are by less than 10 points. So they're close. You know, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. I thought they improved their roster, especially getting guys like Christian Wood. Uh, you know, losing Jalen Brunson did hurt. But Spencer Dinwiddie, I thought, you know, I think can still be a guy who can be serviceable in that role. But they they got to figure out a way to close these games. I know Jason Kidd is probably preaching that so much. He's been a really, really far better of a coach with Dallas than he was even thought of in Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Uh, I'm just blown away how good he's been as the head coach there and how much his team responds to him. Um, but I don't know what their financials look like. I know they signed Kemba Walker, but it sounds like he's going to be like, a, if we need you, we'll play kind of thing. Just a good veteran guy to hang out the bench and help the young guys. And they have good role players. So I'm curious to see what you guys think on this one, because they're a, they're a really interesting dynamic right now. I go, go ahead, Jim, go ahead. Oh, Josh. I was just going to say, the first thing that you did in the offseason was you paid Christian Wood a lot of money. And Christian Wood doesn't start. Um, every now and then they do play him a lot of minutes. 
Um, but I feel like every time he plays an ample amount of minutes, like a couple nights ago, he played 35 minutes in an OT game and he put up 25 points and 10 rebounds and he shoots well from the floor. Um, I've not watched enough of Christian Wood to know how good his defense is. Um, but one thing I have noticed is that I feel like Luca's playing a lot better on defense. And yeah, you look, at, yeah. you look at the way this team is constructed. They just got Hardaway back. Um, and he seems to already be back to kind of his normal self. Um, they just got uh, Kleber back. Uh, or they just got uh, Powell back, I'm sorry, who uh, missed some games. And I, I like the way their roster is constructed. I just think that they just need to find out what is the best rotation for their team. Because when you look at their bench, you know, Kleber and Bullock and Wood and Green, um, you know, they have JaVel McGee. We all on the show love JaVel McGee. We feel like he gives awesome energy minutes when he's in the game. Um, and then Luca finally looks like he's got enough shooters around him that uh, these games, like you said, should be getting closed out. So, like, they lost to um, – who was it the other day? They lost to Detroit in overtime. Was that uh, Thursday? Yeah. Uh, which is a yeah. game that they probably should have won. And then they turn around and just blew out the Knicks. So, um, back to what you're saying, you know, they beat the Warriors by three, lost to the Bucks by nine, lost to the Raptors by five. They got beat pretty decent by the Celtics, lost the one to the Nuggets. So um, I think the bigger thing is, is the games that they're losing, they should be winning. Like they lost to the Rockets. Um, that's a game they should have won. And like I said, they lost to Detroit. So I think that's the bigger piece is closing out these games that you should be winning and then see what you are against these other teams because I think that they're right where they need to be. And I think that even though we may not have thought that their roster was good enough for him to get further, it seems like the way Luca's playing right now and the guys that he's got around him, especially with getting Hardaway back. And I think that if they figure out a way to get Wood and Luca on the floor together and you put Dinwiddie out there with Hardaway and, you know, Finney Smith, I think they have something. I really do think they have a team that can compete with anybody. He needs another star. Yeah. I think we mentioned that before. Um, you know, I I do like their roster. I don't, it's not like I don't like their roster. I, I like a lot of those those guys. I'm a Dinwiddie guy. I like him. Uh, Christian Wood, I like. Hardaway, I like. Powell, I like. I like Bullock. Cle I like all those guys. It's not like I don't like them, but they're not stars. He, he needs a guy that can help him finish. So – you know, all the finishing comes down to Luca. Um, you know, if a Christian Wood is shooting the ball well, he can help finish, but he's not consistent enough, um, like a superstar. You know what I mean? So, like, you got to have a guy that's out there on the floor that is a superstar that can help you finish. Um, not saying, you know, not down a knock on Luca because it's nothing to do with Luca, but. Good teams, your better teams, you have two guys with the ability to finish. Um, you know, if you look at your good teams now, like the Celtics, Jalen Brown has been on fire recently. Tatum is an MVP candidate. You look at the Bucks. you've got Giannis, you've got Holiday, you've got Middleton. Um, you know, you look at your good teams, they have a couple guys on their roster that can finish games. He needs another star to help him finish games. And that's not a knock on their roster. It's just the way the NBA is. I uh, I got a dance. Go ahead. Who do you got? Who do you got? Terry Rozier. Scary Terry? Scary Terry. I just checked it out. Again, this is just very, very, very thinking off the top of my head, no way mm -hmm. that the team probably does this. They could do a deal with Charlotte for Terry Rozier where they just give up Spencer Dinwiddie and Frankie Smokes and the money matches. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but, so you're saying close a game out. I want you guys to think about this. 
Michael Jordan didn't have anybody to help him close the game out. Michael closed the game out. Scotty was there. He was the star, but he didn't close the game. Like, yeah, the ball didn't go to Scotty's hands and say, hey, we need you to close this game out. It was Mike every single time that had the ball in his hands, which is what Luca does, right? So what Luca really needs is the number two guy, is what you're saying, that can roll with him and do some of the other things to take the pressure off him. But you still want Luca to be that dog at the end of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying Luca can't be that dog. Yeah, that's that's not what I'm saying. I, I'm just saying that, you know, I, like I said, I like Spencer Dinwiddie, but I don't consider him a like a like not like a closer, but maybe like a a, a number two. He's a very good. You know I mean? He's a very good guy that plays his role. Yes, a very good guy that plays his role. But you need a you need a guy that that's on the floor that they can't just say, okay, well, Luke is going to close and that's it. You know, you know. Every once in a while, you know, Pippen had to come in and give you ten min, ten points in a fourth quarter to help Mike close. Not saying that Mike, you know, not saying that Mike couldn't close games. That's that's what he did. That's who he was. But you know, Pippen did have that ability. Well, one thing that I would like to say: first of all, I hate this team. I hate. <laughs> I, I'm just going to go ahead and say, yeah. And I'm not trying to come out hot or anything. I hate this team. Like Luca, I, I feel like this team has the Dallas Mavericks are squandering some of the best years of one of probably one of the greatest European prospects of all time. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. And and you know, every team has to do something, you know, to get, you know, to the next level. And Luca is one of those guys. He is I mean, he totally dismantled the Phoenix Suns by himself last year. And I agree. He is one of those guys. He has that other gear. There's only probably two other players in the NBA that have the gear that he has, where he can actually take over a game, finish the game. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to do this myself. I have no one else. I mean, one thing that kind of stands out to me about this team, they are, they have the third, they're the third worst rebounding team in the NBA right now. There are no decent rebounders their top rebounder is luca mm-hmm. like russell westbrook all over again oklahoma yeah. City russell westbrook well and yep. i and yep. and some someone you know tim someone like scary terry that's definitely someone that you could throw on here who's got a chip on his shoulder he's going to get some points but it is so hard to try to find somebody who could go on this team and complement what luca does um you know and i think you know and I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. But I know where you're this going. is a perfect. This is this is a perfect. This is I don't know. I don't know. I think this is a perfect destination for my boy Vooch and maybe DeRozan. I was going to say Levine. So you were going to say Levine. See, I don't. I don't know if I like Levine in Dallas. I don't know if That's I like not- Levine. DeRozan's going what? to the Lakers. Let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. It's going to happen. So okay. We'll see. We'll see. How's that? So how's that work? We'll get to that. Russell later. Westbrook. Okay. Draft okay. picks that you. nobody's going to want. I, I just, you know, if you get, if you get a center, who's going to, I mean, you look at someone like Vooch who in a, in a better situation is a great contributor. He can spread the floor. He can rebound. He's not the worst defender in the world, but he's going to mm-hmm. be able to help Luca do what he does. You get another shooter, you know, another slasher like DeMar by like DeRozan, and you got yourself an actual contender at this point. And I don't know what it would take to get that. You're probably gonna have to trade, you know, Dimwitty, you know, if you can somehow keep Christian Wood, he's paid. So I, you know, I don't know how he but you got some other people that you could do, you could you could get out of out the door right now. Tim Hardaway Jr. comes to mind, who's a great role player. I love Tim Hardaway Jr., by the way. I don't think he ever gets mm-hmm. enough credit any year. He's such a good, like, just all-around pro. He's so good. He just comes out and does what he needs to do every night, knows his role. But I just don't see this team doing anything at all right now, you know, without really building – around one of the best basketball players in the world. They are just squandering his talent. And I say this, I said the same shit last year. And it is exactly mm-hmm. the same. You know, you got Christian Wood. Great. Okay. That's one piece. He's not the piece though. He is a perfect, 
you know, uh, stretch right. four who can go out there and he's shooting. He, he's shooting from what, what is he shooting from the three this year? Uh, let's see here. He's shooting 40% from the three. That's incredible. So yeah, he's been really good. You know, he's been really, really good. So, you know, you look at someone like that, that is a, that is a building block. Christian Wood was always just going to be a building block, but like you look at like, you know, Bertans, like we got, they got him back for trading Porzingis. Like he's doing nothing for this team. Mm-hmm. He's just doing absolutely nothing because he's not good. He's not good. He had like, he had like a small stretch on the wizards a couple years ago. Everyone was like, Oh man, look at this guy. And then it was like, Oh, he's on the worst team in basketball. I forgot, you know? So, but I, I, I hate how this team's constructed. They're squandering one of the best talents around. I've said it a million times, but they got to make a move and they need to make it this year because the West is completely wide open right now. Mm-hmm. Completely wide open. And you get Luca, some other players that are going to help him win a title. And it's, it's going to make it very hard. To, like I wouldn't want to play Dallas right now in the playoffs period, just because of Luca. What I mean, about, what about, so you're saying that he needs another guy. Um, now, are we talking about a specific guy that can score? Or are we just talking about a guy that can help do all the other things to take the pressure off of him? So, like another ball handler, for instance. I so, think, like, throw a name out there like Mike Conley Jr. You know, a guy that could come, come in, that that could take the pressure off of Luca, always having the ball in his hands. You know, you got a veteran leadership who's been in the playoffs before, can knock down some big shots. Yep. But he's not a prolific scorer. But what he does do is he does all the other things that Luca now doesn't have to do all the time. Because he's American, so Mark Cuban won't want him because he's American. Hmm. What about Ben Simmons? He's not American. That's true. Patty Mills. I wouldn't. Patty Mills. I I mean, you you look at what's going to come up here at the trade deadline. We're going to be looking at names probably like Mike Connolly. Kyle Lowry is another one that comes up who's not been playing well. You know, he's washed. But he never – you never know, man. You never Spoil know. the next segment, Sean. Jeez. God, here we go. Here we go. Gotta, that's gotta not spoiling anything. No, no, that's not spoiling. Everybody knows he's shot. So do you think Dallas should have kept Jalen Brunson? Um, nah. Not for not for that amount of money, no. Not yeah. for that no. money. He, no, yeah. He's not he's not taking you to the next level. So no. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I think Zach Levine makes a lot of sense there as a guy you can just put in the corner. And actually, when he wants to play defense, he's really good at it. So, we'll see. I I know that DeRozan's probably going to go to the Lakers, but, Sean, I agree with you. That that fits perfect. He's a fourth-quarter guy that will legit, like, mid-range take your heart out if you give him the, the, the ability yeah. to do it. Yeah. <sighs> the Miami Heat, for once, finally have a season where it doesn't look like they have a plan. I'm sure they do have a plan because they're the Miami Heat. But right now, it doesn't look that way. So, 11 and 12th, ninth in the East, 23rd in offense, 11th in defense. Listen to this right now. Jimmy Butler's now missed nine games. Kyle Lowry's having his worst shooting season since 2013. Duncan Robinson, 31.5% from three. Not even shown on here. It's the fact that Tyler Hero just came back from missing a while. But what he was playing wasn't playing very well. Mm-hmm. And then Victor Oladipo is just now getting to the point where he's a full participant in practice, but won't return at least until after the road trip, according to ESPN's injury reports. So we're used to the Miami Heat, right? Being like the one of those just extremely intelligent franchises that like always makes the right move. And if they make a move that doesn't work, they twist into a move that does work. Like they've done this since their existence, it feels like in the, in the early nineties. Um, and you've seen them do this over and over again. I mean, you know, turning guys like Ronnie Cycli into Alonzo Mourning and things like this. It's what they do. Um, they've been doing it forever. But they're like at a crossroads right now. So, Ben, you and Sean both mentioned Kyle Lowry. Uh, it was obviously announced this week that they are listening to offers on him. Yeah, no shit. We all kind of figured right. that. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> I'm curious how many offers they really got. Is this like an internally? We would like we would listen to Kyle yeah. Lowry. Everyone's this, like, yeah, yeah okay, that's buddy, exactly whatever. what it is. This this smells like Pat Riley. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah. what Put, it is. Putting out some news, and we know that yeah. this team has no interest in losing. Absolutely none. I know they got Dwayne Wade in the lottery one time, and they had one really terrible season after that. Since they've been good to middle of the pack, 
It's very rare they're bad. Very, very mm-hmm. rare. So we know this team is not going to be one that's going to just kind of sit there if like things aren't working out. We know that they're a mm-hmm. team that really believes in making a move to be successful. They want to be competitive. They want to fight for the postseason every year. They don't want to have one of those letdown rebuild years that every other franchise has. That's not what the Miami Heat way that we've learned since 2000, since they traded Shaq to Phoenix, basically. Uh, right. So what do you guys, I mean, what do they do here? We just listed a bunch of guys that we thought could fit for Dallas. A lot of those team guys could very well fit for Miami. Um, and there's many others, you know, I think Terry Rozier on the heat would be hilarious because him and Jimmy Butler would totally not get along at some point on the court. But yeah, um, I think Zach Levine in Miami could make, it could be fun. DeRozan in Miami could be fun. Uh, Mike Conley there, if you did taking the Mike taking the Kyle Lowry role, they got to do something though. And like, I hate to say it because I really, really enjoyed the year that he was really good, but Duncan Robinson ain't it, man. Like, what a, I hate no. to say because I want to see him do. Gave well, him a lot of mo- gave him a lot of money well, too. And I and I yeah. and it's two questions I was going to pose to you guys. The first one is is their deep runs in the playoffs and the the amount of energy exhausted by Jimmy Butler. Has that hurt them? That's my first question. My second question is, why did they stand pat in the offseason? Like, they didn't make – they didn't – and I understand. I know they like their roster, and, and, and you know, you're expecting Duncan Robinson to do do well. You're expecting Cal Lowry to be Cal Lowry. Uh, you know, you're expecting Jimmy Butler to be Jimmy Butler. But – you know, you, you've fallen short a couple times in the playoffs. Why not make a move to advance your roster some? Which, I, I mean, I like their roster, but but I feel like now you're, you're getting a Kyle Lowry who's, who's washed. I mean, let's be honest about it. He's not, he's not good. Duncan Robinson is overrated. Uh, Hero is okay when he's healthy. Bam out of Bayou is probably the most consistent player. You oh, he's have. awesome. He's probably um, the best. He's, he's the only one that's played really well. Yeah. Um, your, you know, your roster didn't get any better and you're, you know, you haven't done anything to get you over the hump. So, so my, I guess my question is like, do they make a move to try to improve their roster or do they stand pat and get knocked out in the second round? Like they always do. Ben, to answer, uh, so I'm I'm looking at stuff right now and realizing that the Heat have won three of their last four, and they beat the Celtics um, Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, and they are winning against the Grizzlies right now. Mm-hmm. And in that game against the Celtics, um, they had all five starters in double figures. Four of the five starters scored over twenty points. Um, and Udonis Haslam played four minutes. So, um, <laughs> they had him guard Jason Tatum at one point. Literally, they had him on Jason Tatum. Hey, all I know is I saw that clip on TikTok where somebody tried to throw him an alley oop and he just crumbled and collapsed. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, like, that's all I saw. So, so all those guys you mentioned, Jimmy Butler, 12 of 21 from the floor, 20, 25 points. Mm-hmm. At a bio, 10 of 18, 28 points. Kyle Lowry, 8 of 13, 20 points. Tyler Hero, 10 of 19 and 6 of 10 from three. So is this really just a bigger thing of that this team just needs to be healthy? And that's it. If they're healthy, um, they're good. They can certainly add some more role players because this isn't the first year Duncan Robinson has been bad. You well, know what I mean? they, like, Struss, Struss has been decent. Yes. Um, and you're right. They do. Deadman, Vincent, and Struss can't be your guy. And Highsmith cannot be your guy. So, what happens if they get. Remember the glimpses we got of Victor Oladipo last year in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. What if they get that guy back at even 90%? Hell, if they get Omir Yurt 7 back, that makes all the difference for when Bam Adebayo's out of the game. So, What's, why is Olad- what happened to Oladipo? I didn't. He has one knee. He's got one knee, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he's just – so if this team is healthy going into the playoffs, are they scary in the playoffs in a series? 
I don't think offensively they are. I mean, defensively, yeah, they're awesome, but like, I don't think offensively they can match with Boston or Milwaukee or even Philly. So they played a back and back with the Celtics. I mean, you did go to Boston and beat them on their home court when your team yeah. was basically healthy. Yeah, but this the regular season. We go through this all the time. Like we're like, yeah. oh man, this team beat that team, and it's like, okay, like when it gets to seven, what does it look like? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, I just think that I just don't think that they can do it consistently. Now, I mean, out of seven games, I, you know, I, I look at Boston's roster and 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 the way they're playing. I just like I just like that roster and 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 the way they're playing better. But then again, like we said, we're only a quarter of the way through the season. So, I mean. I still really worry about Boston's defense. I just, they don't get stops. They score, I'll score everybody, which I know yeah. that's how you win basketball games. But, like, if you're not you getting stops to a in a point, second, You think they're to a point they're just like, eh, we score more than you do. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. Jason Tatum's probably the MVP right now. Like, and they're like, all right, that's fine. Do you think because they're 19 and five right now and they're getting through some of these games that they don't have to exert that energy right now on defense and are just kind of coasting a little bit? I mean, even before they were 19 and five and look, I understand they don't have Robert Williams and that makes a ton of difference with their defense. Yeah. Cause he's, he's awesome. But I do have worries about them consistently being able to get stops. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Boston's bench after Grant Williams Blake Griffin wears number 91 for the Boston Celtics. Yes, he does. I, I, we, I sent that text we, out the other day. I was like, I'm like, Blake Griffin's on the Celtics? Like, I, I had no idea he was even on that team. Guys, we could make yeah. that a segment alone. Blake Griffin wearing 91 for the Celtics. Dennis Rodman's pissed off right now. Like, that's my number. <laughs> right. Yeah. What was it? Uh, was it Scott Pollard when they were like, why'd you pick 66? He was like, every other number was retired. <laughs> no, he said he said every other effing number was retired. That's what he said. <laughs> I remember he got a huge laugh out of that. There's Speaking so which, many, so many jerseys retired in Boston. Blake Blake Griffin started tonight. Oh my god. Lord. Wait, you guys saw he got a, like a tribute video in Brooklyn last night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Blake Blake Griffin at halftime, 10 points, four or five from the field in 16 minutes. Good for Blake. Good for him. So yeah, Tim, to your point though, the Celtics, they're 19 and 5. They only have held their opponent under 100 points twice. <laughs> Every other opponent scored at least 100 points. Now granted, they've scored over like 115 a lot. They lost so to the Bulls one time this year, you know. What's that? They lost to the Bulls at a game this they year. They did. They you know, did. So Strategy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, to answer that question, Ben, the Celtics do lead the NBA in scoring at 120 points a game, almost 121 ooh, yeah. a game. Yeah, they they're, just, like, they're we insane. Just put, we just put it in the bucket. You know who number two is, Sean? Who? Go for it. The Sacramento Kings. I knew that. Yep. They're they're fun. They're really good. They're a lot of fun. League pass team. Um, they are definitely a league pass team. So about the Heat, I think Josh brings up really good points. Going back to the original point of the conver- of the segment, um, yeah, you know when they're healthy, they could definitely be dangerous. I just think they need to get a couple more scorers, and if they can get everyone back healthy and get a couple more scorers, like once they can shoot better than thirty percent from three, yeah, they could very well be a fun team. Mm-hmm. All right, well, final segment of the show. This is our full court heave of the week. This is Ben Brown's heave. And Ben, you had a really fun one. So I'm going to go ahead and give you the floor here. Talk about what made you so, think about doing the biggest draft day. What ifs? So, yeah, so I, I was thinking about uh, just some draft day stuff. And in my senior year, which was 1997, uh, the two biggest names in college basketball were Tim Duncan and Keith Van Horn. So in that draft, you had the Spurs drafting one and Philly drafting two. So my biggest what if is, what if the Spurs took Keith Van Horn and then the Philadelphia 
76ers add Tim Duncan to that roster. Now, that's all hindsight. Of course, uh, Kerry Kittles winds up going to to Philly, I believe, and, and Van Horn will end up in New Jersey. Yeah. So I think they traded those two picks. Or traded to those two players. So, so, so he was traded to the New Jersey Nets with Michael Cage. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Lucius oh, wow. Harris and Don McLean for the draft yes. rights of Tim Thomas and Anthony Parker. And Anthony Parker. There you go. So, and I, what oh, if? oh, and my boy Eric Montrose. <laughs> Eric Montrose. <laughs> Eric Montrose was the starter for North Carolina. Was the starting center for North Carolina yeah. in the Chris Webber timeout game. Yep. Yes, he was. Yes, he, he absolutely was. Yeah, I mean, was. I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and bring this up with this picture we got up right now. I wouldn't draft Keith Van Horn for anything. <laughs> that might be the that might be the worst haircut I've ever seen on a person. <laughs> so I, if I, if I was if I was Philly, I would have sent his ass to Jersey too. <laughs> you said just on haircut principles alone, yeah. this Jesus. dude cannot play for us. <laughs> So, you guys bring me back here a little bit, respectfully, of course. Um, yeah. Was that a conversation? Because from what I remember, it was like, all right, the Spurs won the lottery. They're taking Tim Duncan. I don't remember it really ever being like, could they take Keith Van Horn? So, was that like part of the convo? Yeah, well, it, it, it was part of the convo because the biggest thing that I remember were they, it was like, you already have David Robinson. So they're like, can we go Twin Tower or do we get a guy that can stretch the floor? Which Keith Van Horn was pretty good at that. Like he could stretch the floor. He could shoot. He had a decent jumper. Uh, he had a decent three-point game um, in college. You know, yeah, so ben, that was – ba- Go ahead. I'm sorry. To ahead, back Josh. you up, to back you up, I don't think people realize that this dude averaged 21 and 9 in college. Yeah. That's Keith Van Horn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keith Van Horn was legit. He was- he was 21 and nine, and I'm pretty sure he played in a final four. Yeah, they went to the yes. title the year after he left. They, that, the, they played they played Kentucky in the title. They played in Boston, Kentucky, 98. right? Yeah. 98, yeah. So um, I mean, his credentials in college were there. Yeah. So now I got to see a lot of Tim Duncan because uh I remember Tim Duncan and Wake Forest played Louisville in the tournament. And at that time, we had Samaki Walker on the team, who was also yeah. Uh, yeah. a pretty solid college player at the time. Yes, and them two kind of went head to head and it went banging. And I realized then that Tim Duncan was the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think I don't think people realize like how big Keith Van Horn was coming out of college that year. He was mm-hmm. he was a, a huge prospect. I remember it. Um if you ever go back and watch there's a very well kind of underrated Christmas movie that came out in the early late nineties, early two thousands called the family man that's starred Nicholas cage. There's yeah. a conversation he has with a bunch of his friends um, at like a, at like a Christmas party. And they're like, Oh man, you going to watch the net games. And he goes, Oh, the nets, they suck. And <laughs> one of the other guys goes that Keith Van Horn guy, he's going to get us to the NBA finals. And anytime <laughs> I watch that movie, I'm just like, <laughs> so but he uh, he, was, he was he was he was one of those guys who was a really he was a really really good player but like his interest in playing basketball just dwindled year after it year did. until he, he was finally more, was like he was more, yeah he was more interested in having kids yeah and he ended up so so it, it it's so interesting like after the 2005 2006 season he takes off he signed a three-year deal. Only the first year was guaranteed with the Mavericks in order to help complete a blockbuster trade that sent Jason Kidd from the Nets back to the Mavericks and Devin Harris to the Nets. Van Horn did not play at all for the Nets, but he had to show up, get a physical, and I think he sat on the bench for, I want to say, like eight games or something. He averaged mm-hmm. $4.3 million, and he hadn't played in two years. Like, that. how do you... That's winning. That is so winning. Like you, you basically retire and they're like, well, we're going to put you in this package and you have to go out there and you just have to pass a physical and show up, which he did. And he's like, all right, I'll do it for 4.3. So Ben, like, hy- yeah. hypothetically in this draft, if you go down and start looking at the names, there's a guy sitting at number nine that got drafted. 
And if we were to go back and redraft this draft. Tracy. Knowing what we know now. I think the bigger question would be, is somebody willing to draft Tracy McGrady number one over Tim Duncan? Or is Tim Duncan the unanimous number one pick in this draft? No. Yeah. I I I would take Duncan. Duncan is. Tracy McGrady was the second best player in this draft, though. Uh, No. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, the dude the dude never could win a playoff series, but he was always – I always feel like Tracy McGrady was always kind of on the wrong team at the wrong time, and he wasted so many of those amazing years in Orlando where, you know, some nights he would just drop 60, you know, and it would mm-hmm. just be like, all right, up, he had 60. They lost, you know. So, like, 12 <laughs> so, points in eight seconds is, like, my all-time favorite, like, in the my game clip. One of my favorite YouTube videos of all time. And Tim Duncan's, the look on Tim Duncan's face at the end of that is just priceless. So what the hell happened? We got a little bit of nostalgia in this draft because there's a few guys on this list that played around here that we got to see in college. Um, You start going on the list, you see Ron Mercer and Uh um, Rick Pitino was like, got to get those Kentucky guys. Right. Who both played for Kentucky. And then you had a guy in Cincinnati named Danny Fortson. Yes, yeah. he was God, an absolute boy. monster. Yeah, he, he was, was a stud, man. I could, I got to play, man. He was good. Oh, there's, there's your boy really Scott good. Pollard. But those guys, you know, you know, Mercer and um, Mercer and Anderson won a, a national championship in '96 with Kentucky. Yep. They probably and, win uh, in '97 if Anderson doesn't get hurt. Yeah, they probably win in '97 if they don't get hurt. You're yep. right. And Danny Fortson, I remember coming in at UC as a freshman. He was just a man amongst boys. Yeah. And it's just funny how sometimes like these guys just don't ever pan out in the NBA for whatever reason it may be, whether it's injuries or like the work ethic or you don't have the right people around you or you go to the wrong team or just whatever. I mean, because there were some names there. Another guy down the list, Roger Rhodes, um, he played for Kentucky, too, Mm -hmm. and uh, transferred to USC. I mean, looking at looking at this now, I mean, it's it's hard to believe that Tony Battle and Adonald Foyle get picked over Tracy McGrady, Fortson, or Anderson at this point. I mean, you know, like what bus? I mean, Foyle, man, like Foyle was just like that that slow, typical center that you had. He played a million years in the league, but I mean, the guy averaged. Let me see what he averaged here at the end of his career. Uh, 4.1 points a game <laughs> in he played 12 mm-hmm. seasons and he averaged four points a game and three rebounds a game. So it's like, it's like as a center, a big man, a, a seven footer like that, how do you, you know, I, you got to look back. It's like if golden state would have, would have taken McGrady above, above foil, where would they be? That's another, yeah. that, that that's almost more interesting to me than Van Horn possibly did the Spurs. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing in that was that, like, I always wondered what a Tim Duncan Allen Iverson combination would look like, and if oh. if that combination is able to get a championship. So, so if that absolutely. team stays together, if that absolutely. team stays together and plays against the Shaq Kobe Lakers in 01 in the finals, like, that's a fight. Does, do yeah. they does does Duncan get it done? Do they get it done? So you well, think about- Tim Duncan and Iverson's better than Iverson and Matumbo? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, don't don't diss late years Matumbo, man. He was great too. <laughs> he was defensive player of the year in Philly. Yeah, he was fantastic on that team. That was like one of his best seasons, honestly. And well, I also, there's that I also, one. There's a couple of names down the list in the second round that I like to see these guys that were like they they figured out ways to stay in the league for multiple years, and you look down there and you see Stephen Jackson, yep, yep, from uh, Butler County Community College, and then Anthony Johnson from the College of Charleston. They both put in thirteen and fourteen years respectively. Um, yeah. That's saying a lot. They found their yeah. niche. They found out what they were good at, and uh, kept their kept themselves in the league. Well, so and go ahead. One other really interesting dynamic of what ifs, because I actually got a, li- a couple uh, from a listener. I was going to list uh, here in a second when we get done with this point, but you know, there was a conversation at, I think, Oh, Oh one. When Duncan was a free agent, McGrady was a free agent and Grant Hill were free agents. And they all three were going to team up in Orlando together. And then Duncan last minute went back to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. 
Like, what if that happens? Grant Hill probably doesn't have to worry too much, put much strain on his body. Yeah. They're probably pretty awesome. That's, yeah, they would be pretty good. Yeah, they would be pretty good. Oh, there's a name. Maurice Tractor Trailer. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that the same one? The Michigan guy? You know, the guy that... The guy yeah. in this, the guy in this draft that uh, we didn't even talk about. There's two of them, really. One of them, Ben, is probably special to you. That's Antonio Daniels. Yeah. Um, but then Chauncey wow. Billups, who got drafted third. I mean, we all know the career he had. Chauncey mm-hmm. Billups got drafted third by the Celtics. Was traded yeah. during his rookie year because Rick Pitino didn't think he could make it. He could work in the league. Yep. Yep. That's unbelievable. Um, yep. So I got a couple more, not from this class, uh, that I, I had a listener, Angelus, shout out Josh Strange. His biggest draft day what-ifs were, of course, one of my all-time favorites. What if the Magic and the Warriors don't swap Penny and Weber? So the Orla- Orlando just goes big Chris Weber mm. and Shaq together. At that time, that was probably the one thing the Bulls <gasps> didn't have to match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, what if Golden State and, and, and Toronto don't swap Antoine James and Vince Carter? Yeah, Ooh. that's yeah, that's a really dynamic, that's a big one. one to me. Um, what if the what if Jerry West is allowed to draft Kobe when he's uh, no, I'm sorry, it was uh, what if the Clippers were allowed to draft Kobe like they wanted to in '96? Mm, yeah. yeah, and what if Charlotte goes ahead and takes Steph Curry? Yeah, wow. yeah, and I think that out of all those, the Chris Weber. Shaq deal is probably oh my God. The, yeah. the most fascinating one. I don't think it works out up there at all. Shaq's ego was too big at the time. He wanted someone who was going to get him the ball. I just yeah. I don't I don't think it would have worked out very long. He would have still requested that that trade to the bullets. It would have still happened. He would have ended up with, you know, Calbercini or some shit in the Orlando Magic. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm right. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. No, I agree with you. I don't think there was enough basketball for Shaq and Chris Weber to play together. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, man, uh, Steph Curry as a Hornet. Uh, I How, That would be really cool, though, just to, like you and your dad or – Yeah, in the same uniform. Yeah, that, that part would be cool. Can't senior and junior if, all over again. Yeah, I just don't know if the Hornets would have had the resources to put the people around. No, Steph, like the Warriors did. I, I mean, the Warriors just drafted perfect, put the right people around him. They're, speaking they're of, the worst franchise in basketball, man. Speaking and of Michael, Steph, what's that? Go ahead. I said, speaking of Steph, you guys saw the. I don't. I wonder if everybody who's listening or watching saw the video that we shared about Steph taking balls off of a rack and just heaving five oh, half yeah. court, full court shots in a row and makes all five of them. Like, like that's what he does on his spare time. Do you remember when Michael Vick had that Powerade commercial where he like threw the ball out of the stadium and everyone wondered if it was real? Mm-hmm. That's what that reminded me of, except for we had proof it was real. Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah, still see Steph with the balls bouncing in the background. Yeah. and Like, that's insane. And there was like a mm-hmm. confidence about it. Like, yeah, I already knew that I was going to make these five. So I'm oh, just going to yeah. go ahead and chuck them up. Uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I'll tell you one more. Before we get out of here on the in the draft day, what ifs? So we obviously know about Darko and like everyone's like, why the hell are you taking Darko when Carmelo Anthony's out there? Still stupid. Okay. One of the stupidest things ever. Unbelievable. Apparently, from what uh, I was like reading recently, the Pistons favored Wade over Carmelo. So like, Ooh. let's say that let's say the Pistons take Dwayne Wade, right? Ooh. You could put that team in 2022, and it makes a ton of sense. But I don't know about in 2003. Like 2022, you think about it, you're like, Tayshawn Prince plays the four as a stretch. Ben Wallace is, just, is a small ball five. Wade at the two, Rip at the three, Chauncey at the one, and they can have additional ball handlers. So, like, to help out. Like, that's a 2022 NBA offense. Yeah. So, like, but like 2002, you know, it wasn't like that. And, like, I mean, 2003, right. I'm sorry. Don't be wrong. You don't take Darko Milicic. Like, if you're going to take a big, you take Chris Bosh. Come on. Yeah. Now. But uh, I kind of thought when I read that, I was like, that's a really. Because, yeah, everything says, like, take Carmelo Anthony. It makes all the most sense coming off the Syracuse championship. I know Josh is a huge Carmelo guy. But 
I was like thinking about weight on the Pistons with those guys. I was like, oh my God, you could put that team in now and they would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a, a, a more recent one was um, in 2018. Remember the pick swap with Atlanta and um, yep. Dallas and, and Dallas, but the bigger thing was, was in that draft was what if Luca would have got drafted by the Kings? Marvin Bagley. Because Luca went third in the draft, right? Third or fifth? And uh, the, third, yeah. I think the Kings had the second pick in the draft. Yeah, they took Bagley. So what if you now mm. have him and De'Aaron Fox together? It's pretty fun. That's real Very fun. fun. Very fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what if Phoenix just flat out takes Luca? Yeah, him and Booker instead of Aiton. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. They probably Goodness. have a championship already. Yeah, <laughs> they, they would. They would. They probably got a ship. Yeah. There's no guys sitting out saying they don't want to play for the Suns at that point. Right. No. They probably also don't have Chris Paul. No, and they yeah. definitely don't. Yeah. Which you know wow. you don't have Chris Paul for thirty. 35 games a year anyway, so. Right. But um, But to have Luca as your point forward with Devin Booker. Mm. Yeah. That's really interesting. All right, dudes. Well, I think we could wrap this up now, unless anyone's got anything else to want to chime in on this. Sean, get ready for the heave next week. It's your turn now. I'll think about it. Don't come in here with some. Don't come in here with some some 1970s stuff, man. From the Showtime Lakers. I'm gonna be like, what if George Gervin was still <laughs> good when he got to Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> I just played that Jordan's moment on 2K, actually, the uh, 63 point game, and like Clark yeah. Kellogg's like, you know, they bring George Gervin to be a second scorer to Michael has no mention of. Michael really hated that move for the, the, them to go get George Gervin. Yeah, yeah, washed Gervin. Yeah. Um, so once again, thank you all for tuning in. I uh, would definitely appreciate, it, especially as we're getting closer to the holidays. I know everyone's kind of getting ready for the getting ready for that. Um, please take a second if you're watching this either live or on the reboot later. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Like I said, it goes so far for us. It helps us with the algorithm. Uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast feed for the first time. Hit that subscribe button. If you are already subscribed, hit that five-star review. Uh, I saw we got five stars on Spotify now, so that's great. Thank you all so much for that. We really appreciate it. And like I said, if you want to wear the gear that Sean and I are wearing right now. Speaking of Christmas, what do you got, Tim? Is that a new sweatshirt? By yes, Ben, it is. What? I didn't know you were going, but that was really nice. I liked it. That was good. So, I like that. That was, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Check out 48MinutesBasketballNetwork.MerchMake.com where you can go ahead and check out and you can support the brand, support the brand just like us here goes a long way and helps us out quite a bit. So thank you all for tuning in. Check us out all week. It is crosstown shootout week. If you're local, so you know, we are all over it and the boys will have it covered. Boy, I tell you what, you already know. There's nothing like our, there's nothing like our local college coverage. I put us up against anybody in the tri-state area covering local local college basketball we've got people shooting photos we got recaps we got live tweets ain't nobody following our local college basketball like 48 minutes i I second third and fourth that on here well thanks guys i really appreciate it it's a lot of work so um we're doing our thing for sure He's like, I'm, I'm real tired. <laughs> He's like, I'm tired. I don't, I don't sleep much. <laughs> so thank you all. Have a good one, and we will talk soon.